Country Station Book Club, the bright center in the universe for science fiction and fantasy literature discussion. I'm your host, Nancy, and joining me this month are Maya and Diana to discuss The Cold Between by Elizabeth Bonesteel. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Well, first of all, let me welcome our guests. First, we have Maya, and some of you might uh, recognize Maya from our intro episode of, of Dice and Droids that Brian jammed a few weeks ago. So thanks for joining us again, Maya. Thanks for having me. And we've also got a friend of the show, Diana, on for the first time. Hi, Diana. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, like I said, we are discussing The Cold Between by Elizabeth Bonesteel, and we've got thoughts and opinions about this book. <laughs> so it's probably going to be um, the most, I don't want to say controversial, but um, I-, I think the the first three books we did, we we're all kind of universally liked them. Uh, and this one... <laughs> We're not. We're not sure. We're not sure. Um, There's ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's that's a good way to describe it. So, um, going into a little bit about the book, um, this is the debut novel from Elizabeth Bonesteel, which I have to say is a really fabulous science fiction name. I mean, it's a it's a good name in general, but Bonesteel is like makes you think. Oh, yeah. of it. Science it's pretty fiction. A plus. Right. It makes you want to pick it up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I will read through the plot description. Um, and obviously, as all the other books, we will be spoiling everything. So either have read the book or don't care about spoilers. <laughs> okay. From debut author Elizabeth Bonesteel, The Cold Between is the start to a stellar military science fiction series that combines hints of mystery and romance with action and adventure in the tradition of Elizabeth Moon, Linnea Sinclair, and Lois McMaster Bujold. When her crewmate, Danny, is murdered on the colony of Volhynia, Central Corps Chief Engineer Commander Elena Shaw is shocked to learn the main suspect is her lover, Traco Zajic. She knows Trey is innocent. He was with her when Danny was killed. So who is the real killer and why are the cops framing an innocent man? Retracing Danny's last hours, they discover that his death may be tied to a mystery from the past, the explosion of a Central Corps starship at a wormhole near Volhynia. For 25 years, the central government has been lying about this tragedy, even willing to go to war with the outlaw PSI to protect their secrets. With the authorities closing in, Elena and Trey head to the wormhole, certain they'll find answers on the other side. But the truth that awaits them is far more terrifying than than they ever imagined. A conspiracy deep within central government that threatens all of human civilization throughout the inhabited reaches of the galaxy and beyond. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Some mystery. Yes. (laughs) So, um... I think, you know, it's pretty clear from the plot description why I wanted to read the book. It's science fiction set in space with a little mystery and romance. And those are things I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a good hook. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing I had, I ha- so I've just recently started reading Lois McMaster Bujold's books. Um and amazing yes so i didn't know if any of you guys had read any of the authors like the comparison authors and if you thought that was valid or not i can definitely see where they get the comparisons to bujold as far as like the military aspects and but i've only read two of her books so far and well two and a half kind of but i feel like there's a lot more politics and world building in Bujol than in this book. Yeah, I I mean, I'm in the same boat. I've only read the first two Bujol books um, after Nancy raved about them, but I felt like it was a little bit more character focused in The Cold Between, like more so like on who the characters were, their relationships with each other, and less on the politics and what was going on behind the scenes. Like the conspiracy, like towards the end, the conspiracy just felt thin. Yeah. And I think with Bujold, there would have been a lot more behind it. 
Yeah, I definitely think that. Um, when you get later into Bujold's book, she gets a lot deeper into the character stuff, and she goes kind of baby crazy, and, like, everyone's having a baby in every book, so you have a lot more of the character <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but she would, she probably definitely would have gone, like, deeper into how the conspiracy, like, came about and everything. Yeah, I um I flipped through pages of her newest book, General Lynn Joel and the Red Queen, at the bookstore, and I was like clawing at my face because there were sexy times and I was like yep, yeah I have to were. skip ahead and read this book <laughs> you don't have to read them in order I know I think I'm just gonna go ahead and skip it because I yeah, like Cordelia a lot I, I can't do that I have to read in order <laughs> yeah well say because Cordelia is my favorite so I like Miles is fine but I I never like go straight for his books it's always the Cordelia book yeah that I'm all about <laughs> Yeah, and that was a that was another thing I liked about this book was that it had a female protagonist. Um, I I definitely liked that. I I wish there would have been more female characters in the book, but um, I wish the book had been like fifty percent Jessica. Yeah, <laughs> Jessica was the best. Yeah, so I think you know, just initial reactions. I think we both all kind of agree that's kind of a mixed bag. Um, I wouldn't say I disliked the book, but I. I don't know if it lived up to expectations. Um, I, I was, yeah. No, I was really into the book for about two thirds of the way. Like the mystery was grabbing me and I liked the characters and then it just kind of lost me. Yeah. Like, it just did. It never landed where it just kind of like floated off and it never grabbed me again. Yeah. I think so. I've been bouncing off of a lot of what I've been reading um, before I started this and the, and it was a nice change of pace in terms of it grabbed me and I was really interested in the mystery and the characters. But then I would say about halfway through, I just, I, one of my, I was with a friend and I just kept complaining about how the characters weren't talking to each other. And yeah. that, became, that became a huge hang up for me because like so much of the pointless conflict could have been resolved if the characters just laid their cards out on the table and it was frustrating me and it's like the whole the whole book it's like oh six months we haven't talked to each other and it's like well maybe you could avoid all of this if you would just talk to each other yeah yeah (laughs) agreed (laughs) um yeah i i was the same way i was really into the book when it started i really liked liked the mystery and I, i i liked the romance bit i wish it had been more lust at first sight or at least stayed that yes. way yeah exactly but, I, I got I was I was so into it when it was like yay one night stand doesn't really mean anything but you know it's just gonna be a mystery and then all of a sudden it turns to love and it's like yeah really? what, what what is going on here <laughs> are, are we are we in a dystopian YA novel because that's what it's reading like <laughs> right it's like y'all are adults. You you can have you don't fall in love with everyone you sleep with. Yeah, I mean I can I can see like you know she finds out he's arrested and obviously any moral person is going to be like, well, shit, I have to go help them because I know they weren't guilty. Um, right, exactly. Yeah. So, so that I totally buy. I can buy them. Yeah. Like, I get the connection with because he's the first person like not on her ship that she's been able to talk to. But just the whole like all of a sudden it's love thing. I'm like, why? Yeah. Yeah. I- I liked the, I, I think I would have liked more if they had just been like, you know, hooking up throughout the book or if they had been like, okay, we're hooking up and now we're kind of falling for each other slowly as we get to know each other more, you know, um, as it was, it was just kind of like, hey, you're really hot and we had sex and oh no, this bad stuff is happening and I actually love you. <laughs> yep. Pretty uh, much. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, when we get to the character stuff, I I will talk about the stuff I didn't, I really didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, but yeah, the and especially like the prologue really hooked me in. I know a lot of the typical writing advice authors get is don't do prologues, but I don't think this one would have been as grabby if it hadn't had that prologue to set up the whole mystery and the like. Well, what happened? And you know, I didn't even know the prologue wasn't the thing that, or that wasn't a thing that writers were supposed to do. Like, because I mean, they when they work, they work. So, yeah. I think that the the logic is that a lot of authors try to use them to info oh, dump like, and plot, or, like, uh, yeah. yeah, they're like, let me yeah. tell you the history of the world, 
and it's boring. <laughs> um, so we've got a handful of characters. I, I did like that the book didn't have a huge cast of characters because sometimes I get really overwhelmed when books are like 20, 25 characters and you're like, who are all these people? Um, you're an empire really is like you need a spreadsheet to take care of all of the characters take notes yeah so the the main character is elena shaw she is the chief engineer of the starship galileo um i really liked her i didn't connect to her as much as i have other protagonists lately cough cordelia naismith for Kozigin cough (laughs) but i definitely liked her i liked that she was as competent as she was And I, although I had a problem with the romance as it developed, I very much appreciated the reaction she had to a character's later revelation where she was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yeah. No, I really liked her. I love that she was the chief engineer and just completely unapologetic about it. Like, yes, I'm good at my job. And that has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked that all the other characters um, that we spent time with acknowledge that she's really good at her job. Like there's a reason why she has the position that she does, even if she doesn't necessarily have the same length of time in the service as Ted did. Yeah. Right. And even if she like came through through it, to it through traumatic circumstances like still you know everyone agrees she's great yeah and it and it and it showed it yeah and it showed it too it didn't just tell you that she was good at her job there's parts where they actually have to engineer the spaceship that the lucy and so you actually (laughs) see her doing stuff rather than just being told which is good yeah um I I did think that she might have been a little young for being the chief engineer, but I guess I could buy it if if it's, you know, she inherited the job, basically. Um, mainly just because I'm getting to the point now where protagonists in books are younger than me, and I don't like that anymore. <laughs> oh, I, I have a good rant for you later about protagonists in a book being too young. But with her, I think because... Um, because it was between her and Ted and Ted didn't want it, I think it made a little more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, like, when you have your top two people and one of them is clearly older and more experienced, but he doesn't really want the managerial portion of it, then it makes sense to go to the other one. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we've got Trey, who is Elena's lover. <laughs> and... <laughs> I one thing I thought was interesting about the book, there definitely isn't as much world building, which I I can't fault the author for too much because I'm the same way when I write. <laughs> so I understand. But I I liked all the hints of the Russian culture and kind of wanted to know more about that and how that came to be. Like were they all colonizing or how, how did that happen? And Yeah, that reminded me a lot of Firefly and the Chinese culture. Yes. That's just kind of like yeah. intermixed with it without any real explanation. You just kind of assume that eventually <laughs> some eventually China got went through the trajectory we expect it to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked Trey. I he was very competent. Um he I, I liked that he was a sort of romantic lead character without being a jerk because that tends yeah. to be what we get um, and that there was some mystery to to his character, but not like in a bad boy sort of way. Um, and uh, one thing I was really confused about Trey was how old he was supposed to be or in, like do people not age as the same way now in the future as they do now because i for some reason i remember them saying he's like 60 or 70 and i was like i don't think so (laughs) Um, yeah i don't yeah i don't know if it's just some like this world building thing that the author didn't go into or if it was some like he just aged really well yeah (laughs) really well according to the cover yeah i I was kind of just picturing him as like 
Hollywood 50s instead of like <laughs> regular 50s. He's, like George Clooney. Yeah, I was just going to say George Clooney <laughs> or Harrison Ford. <laughs> right. Um, like you're not a real person. Yeah. So what did you guys think about Trey? I liked him kind of like what you were saying that he's the romantic lead, but he's not an asshole romantic lead. Yes. And I, one of the things that I found funny was in terms of like what we assume to be masculine and feminine pastimes was he was a cook. He's a cook. He likes cooking for people. And I find that to be incredibly attractive and perfect for a romantic lead. Yes. I, 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 that was one point yeah, where I, a cook, a pastry chef, like, yeah, because I don't know, a lot of chefs are asshole men instead of, you know, and pastry chefs tend to be women. And even so going even further into that, it was, he's a pastry chef. And so I, yeah, I really like that first. Yeah, I that was one part where I'll be stereotypical and say that I could tell a woman wrote the book because <laughs> women oh, yeah, would be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when he's feeding her the dessert after they have sex. Yes. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um. So then we have Greg, who, as Di- Diana put, is <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I need to find an audio cue of that Parks and Rec scene because yeah. it just encapsulates Greg. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Greg. Uh, so it's really frustrating because there are times when I like Greg and I think the same, like, oh, he's competent and everyone is. Right, well, well, he's like being the captain. Yeah. He's- yeah. Like, it's like, okay, good. You're good at your job. You're just a garbage person. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's realistic because that's how people are in real life. Like how many times you meet someone at work and you're like, this person is really good at their job, but I would not want to be friends with them. Yeah. Um, but I think it was, and again, like we hear how everyone is willing to go for bat for him as their captain. Um, and at first it's kind of like, why? But then you see him like go after Elena later and you say, okay, well he's got his people's backs, but then it all gets kind of, yeah. So (laughs) I, she set it up really well as far as like wondering what the hell happened between them. You know, she kept dropping like hints about it. And Jessica talked about what, you know, Greg said and he doesn't remember and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell happened between them? And then it turns out that it's just, you know, he was mad that his wife was cheating and wanted an open relationship. And he's been in love with Elena forever. And I was like, really? Right? Like, okay, so you're mad at yourself for not trying to cheat on your wife with her? Like, yeah. so you take it out on Elena? Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't get it. Like, it, okay, if you're in love with her and your wife wants to have an open relationship, I don't see the problem here. <laughs> or maybe you're well, just mad like, at yourself for it? I don't know. Right? And then he goes and blames Elena yes. for what? Yeah. The fact that he's attracted to her? Like, What? It's a typical boy, like, I have to be mean to you because I like you sort of thing. And I'm like, ugh. Well, I, yeah. I think it's interesting because, like, he's the, uh, like, if Trey is the more idealized woman writing a romantic lead, you know, he's a pastry chef, he cares about his partner's pleasure, like, looks after her, then Greg seems to be the other end of the spectrum where he's more of the must repress feelings, cannot show true affection, will be an asshole to my the person I like. Yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good comparison. Um, and it's, it's frustrating, because there are parts where I really liked him. And especially when he, like, punches the other guy i'm like yeah go greg and then i'm like oh why are you suck and i think he yeah. would have been a lot he would have been a lot more interesting to me if he had been in love with elena and he pushed her away like not because he's moping that he can't be with her or whatever but just because he knows he's the captain and he can't you know have a relationship with his subordinates and you know, is just, I'm going to focus on my job and be the captain and not get her mixed up in all of this, you know? 
And especially yeah. since she's with someone else, you know, just like I mean, kind of with someone else. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the other Danny before she oh, was with. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. Danny's kind of terrible really too. Try. Yeah. Oh, Danny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the point where I bounced off of Greg was really not like when you revealed. It's when like he's explaining the fight to her. And she's summarizing it up, and then he's thinking, oh, she didn't listen at all, even though she's saying, like, yes! exactly what yeah. he said. And it's like, no, she listened, and you are just, like, twisting it in your head that, to try and be the victim of this when you're not. He was gaslighting and mansplaining at the same time. Yep. And I was like, oh, Greg, you completely lost me here. Because yeah. I was like, I was fine with it. Like, I, I get it. You know, it's, it, you're on a small ship. You're attracted to someone. Whatever. That's life. But yeah, when you yeah. go that, when you go that route, no. Yeah, I... I had a lot of problems with that and I was just like, ugh. and and like it's and I was so mad because I was really glad when like they found Greg and I was really worried about like what happened and then it's like, ugh, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> but Jessica does not suck. She's Jessica. A, she's so great. Love Jessica. I liked her a lot. And I liked that she like she could have been the stereotypical tough girl, doesn't give a crap about things, but she seemed to have a lot more depth than that. And um, yeah. and I also really loved the way she dropped the the line about her being Polly because it's one yeah. of those like representation things that you don't see often unless like they're the person is in a relationship that's the focus of the book. Um, mm-hmm. so being able to get that in there and be like, yes, this person is this was, was nice. Yeah. And I like that it continued with Jessica, like, even though, you know, she and Elena are really different. Jessica will take many lovers. Jessica is a really good friend and she's really good at her job. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason when all of this conspiracy stuff starts happening, Greg is, the- Greg trusts her to be the one to look into things and to take over um once he leaves and then he promotes her at the end because she's really good at her job and good at looking out for people and taking care of them and making sure that as much as she's able everything is going to turn out all right yeah i loved her reaction to the promotion at the end <laughs> that was great <laughs> I, I think i think that's a theme for this book and these characters is that they're all very competent which if they hadn't been, I might have given up on the book, you know, and where as it was now, I'm like, OK, I I at least think these people are decent folks and they're competent. So I'll keep reading and see. And like, I, I, I'm going to go I'm going to read the second book to see where it goes. Also, because since it was a first book, you know, I'm wondering to see if she, you know, if it if it improves at all or whatever. Um I'll be honest, I completely forgot that this wasn't a standalone. <laughs> well, yeah, that's something I wanted yeah. to ask about later um, in the plot. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely get back to that. So, uh, and Ted was another one of the secondary characters that I really liked um, because, again, it was kind of like a, it wasn't the stereotypical guy you know military guy on a spaceship (laughs) um Mm -hmm. he was you know he was a little more emotional and quiet which i appreciated i I, you know having characters with different personalities is good to have in a book yeah honestly every time they started talking about the love story. I just was like, can we just go back to the adventures of Jessica and Ted? <laughs> Same. I just want to read about those two <laughs> sneaking around the ship trying to collect information. Note to Elizabeth Bonesteel. Okay. Ted and Jessica book. <laughs> Ted and Jessica buddy comedy. Like buddy cop comedy. That would be good. I'd like that. Um, then we have Valentis, who's also the worst. Uh, that guy was just a jerk. There's really yeah. nothing more to say about him. <laughs> I do. Yeah, he really had no redeeming qualities. <laughs> I do want to know more about what he was doing uh, and what exactly Shadow Ops' role was playing with it, because as it was, it was kind of a little, I'm the villain because I'm the villain. Um, and I'd like to know a little bit more motivation there 
which I think also, you know, while all the characters are competent, also I wonder, I questioned a lot of their motivations, um, especially when it came to the love story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seemed like all the motivations were just really shallow. It's like, oh, we're doing this because. <laughs> yeah, I think the only, like, well, Jessica was, you know, she was doing what was ordered of her. Um, and right, think- and she'd been investigating for a while, too. So it made, yeah. it made sense on her trajectory. And then Elena's motivation with Danny, but... Yeah. And that can I know, of- like, the whole... <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can kind of see the stuff with Greg and Volantis, like there being more motivation with the whole resentment for not getting promoted um, to being captain, trying to find some way to distinguish yourself and move up the ranks at, by going around your superior officer. Like more of the stuff with like on the ship that didn't have to do with the love story. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Finally, we have the really terrible police people from Volhynia, <laughs> uh, Stoya and Luvidovich. And man, Luvidovich was terrible and uh, Stoya was was worse. <laughs> I mean, at least they died. I kind of love yeah. Stoya. <laughs> like, I just, I just love how cold Stoya was. And it's like, I mean, was. I'm glad he died too because he was terrible, but... <laughs> I didn't. I, as a villain, I really liked him. Yeah, I, I, I definitely liked him more than Luvidovich because Luvidovich was just kind of like, you know, a sadist. And it's like, okay, we get it. You're going to beat Trey up. Right. Um, and I, I loved when Stoya basically gave him the ultimatum, like, get me off of here and I'll tell you what you want to know. So, um, anything else we want to say about characters before we move on? I think I mentioned pretty much everybody. There's a few like other minor characters that get mentioned, but those are like the big ones. I would like Trey's ex-wife, whose name I forgot. Yeah, oh, she was great. Valeria Uh, was that her name? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I. She's wonderful. Let's have a book about her. Yes. Yes, that's the book I want. (laughs) I just I want more stories about older tough as nails women who command starships and have lovers and don't take crap from anyone amen amen God, I, I love when she was like um why would i care that you're sleeping with elena we broke up a while ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was glad it's like i'm not a child <laughs> yeah i i was i was glad about that because with the way it went with the whole oh greg loves elena and that's why he's a jerk is very stereotypical it, the react the interactions between valeria and uh, elena were not stereotypical which no. I, I liked yeah um so we went through the pro- plot rundown earlier but getting more into the into the nitty-gritty of it there's there's kind of three things going on here the first is the murder mystery which kind of pulls you into the story which is who killed danny and why are they framing trey and we kind of get an answer to this, but not really. <laughs> Whereas there was some big conspiracy and they didn't want people to find out what happened to the the ship that blew up earlier and the wormhole and all this. But I, 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 I had a hard time figuring out why exactly they were trying to frame Trey. And yeah, I, I just kind of... I, I, yeah, I lost it lost me. <laughs> I think they I, mean, I think they framed him just cuz it was convenient. Like it wasn't something that they would necessarily have to do a lot of cover up on. It was like, "Oh, hey, here's this ex-PSI captain who we already suspect had murdered someone before he ran off planet and he's returned. He's well, the one." Well, they trying to him. incite um tension between um yeah, the two factions. I their names. <laughs> But between the part that Trey is part, used to be part of and what a, the ship is. Yeah. So, like, part of that could just be, oh, and he's, and there's murder. <laughs> They're murderers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely hope we learn more about the whole Shadow Ops conspiracy. Um, the, like, I, the, the, the other thing I had a problem with at the end was the whole idea of 
like they they were blowing up the the planets uh, because they didn't want people to find the energy sources because that would be bad. And I guess I kind of never really figured out why that would be bad, <laughs> except for the they didn't want the bad people to get it. And I was just kind of like, okay. I yeah, but oh, go ahead. Hello. Yep. Oh. Go oh, ahead. sorry. Um, I just the conspiracy just felt really thin once it was finally revealed. Just yeah. I think that might be because it wasn't all explained in this book, which it ended so like it had a, such a clear end to the story, but it, yet so many things were unanswered that I have a hard time thinking, okay, where do they go from here? Um, I, yeah, I kind of think like she should have solved the murder, but she kind of pulled back too far on the conspiracy without giving enough details. So it just felt really thin. Whereas if she'd done the murder and kind of revealed a little about the conspiracy, but not gone like that deep into it, it would have had a lot more to draw you into the second book. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would have given more time to develop what the conspiracy actually entailed. Like, who were the people in charge? What was what were they hiding? How did it tie into Greg's mom and the Phoenix? And this one, it just was like, oh, so they were doing some testing that they didn't want getting out. Yeah, and I was kind of like, okay, I guess... Like, I thought the whole, I thought it was going to go the whole direction of they didn't want people to know the wormhole existed because of, like, the implications that would have for, like, galactic travel and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Or, like, uh, aliens. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that would have been great. Yeah. So... Definitely wondering what what is going to happen there. I to use a reference that most people listening to the podcast will get. Um, you know, I I don't mind if there's like if books in a trilogy like they are continuing on, but there's definitely a way to write them so that that story is done. But there's more like. For example, Thrawn trilogy. The first book is very Heir to the Empire is very much, hey, there's this new bad guy, and he's starting to take things over. And there's a very clear plot that it has a beginning, middle of the end, but at the end, you're still have this threat out there that they haven't, you know, fixed. Um, and this was kind of like, okay, there's a story, um, but there's all this mystery stuff we haven't gotten to yet, but I, we kind of did so yeah it, w- it was just odd how it ended like that the cat has stolen a toy if anyone heard that noise <laughs> I did hear it good job cat <laughs> um, so yeah and then the love story which as we touched on before um, which was very convoluted at times because there's Elena and Trey which is like the main relationship and I will admit, there were times I wanted them to just, like, make out and kiss. <laughs> um, I Honestly, I'm still sad that the only real sexy time scene we got was the, the beginning. I was like, you kind of thrown in another one for us. Yeah, like, when they were alone on the ship, I'm like, all right, sexy times, yeah. sexy times, sexy times. <laughs> like, okay, like, we oh, might die sexy times. <laughs> yes, we might die sexy you're just times. Us that they love each other and... Yeah. yeah, we might die sexy times are the best kinds of sexy times. <laughs> um, but then there's all like kind of the other like residual relationships like Elena's previous relationship with Danny and Greg's fixation on Elena. It almost got a little bit too Twilight-ish where <laughs> everyone loved Elena. And I was like, all right, I know she's cool, but really? <laughs> yeah, and... Like, Danny, I could see, you know, like, Elena and Danny, like, as being, you know, like, okay, it was in the past, and, you know, maybe they just were in different places, but then you find out that Danny, like, got rid of his, contra- his um, 
whatever medicine he was taking so he wouldn't get whoever he was sleeping with pregnant. And it was just like, that was a huge line. It was like, nope, oh, I'm kind of glad you died. Yeah, that was, yeah. Yep. That was a part where I was kind of like, oh, I kind of wish I had had a trigger warning about that part. Uh, and I was, yeah. I was actually, I was like, oh, hey, I, I didn't want to throw things at the screens. So, you know, I, hopefully I, I've, I've gotten a little better about that. <laughs> but yeah, if anyone has suffered pregnancy loss or a miscarriage, trigger warning for this book. <laughs> Just saying. Um, so I guess we kind of already did all of the we have concerns part, but we can do them again. <laughs> Basically, I wanted the entire book to be like the scenes where they were going into the wormhole because those were really intriguing to me. And I like... I kept turning the pages because I wanted to know what the heck was going to happen. And I really liked the way she described like going through the wormhole and that the whole battle scenes before them, because they were very much, you know, capital ship battles and not dogfights like we're used to in star Wars. Um, so like that whole sequence I thought was great. And this also the scene when, uh, Elena is breaking Trey out of prison. Um, like, I think those are the reasons why I'm going to go ahead and read the second book because those parts were really great and I'm, I'm hoping for more of those. Yeah, I, think- I wanted more where on the ship, just like everything with Valentis and Jessica and Ted, like I really loved when they were all like manipulating each other on the ship. Oh, my kitty wants to come in. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like whining outside the door. It's a cat um, podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. My, my cat will not talk. Like, He's the silent type. <laughs> but yeah, I just I really wanted to hear about what was actually happening on the ship because it felt really important and then it just kind of got sidelined. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with Maya. Like the conspiracy stuff and, and more of the mystery stuff was what I was really interested in. And just the Jessica trying to outsmart Valentis who was overlooking how brilliant she, like kind of getting how brilliant she is, but not really, but it was also underestimating her. Like that was the stuff I was really interested in, but, and I would have been fine with more Insta lust as uh, Nancy mentioned earlier, but once it started getting into, Oh, but don't walk on the keyboard cat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But like more with the, romance like once it got into the love triangle territory I just had issues and the whole not communicating with each other just annoyed me a lot yeah and the whole thing where (sighs) Trey apparently thinks he knows Elena better than Greg like because he's they've talked for a little bit and (laughs) yeah they had a little good thing more about that I was like what? Why would you even go to that trope? Um, no. Yeah, agreed. I this is definitely the case where people would have solved problems by talking to one another. Yeah, radical concept. Yes, and and so not weird. and not while you're drunk, Greg. Not while you, <laughs> not while you're drunk. Um. Uh. So, like we said before, this is the first book. I don't know if it's in a trilogy or a duology, but I knew that the second book comes out in November. Um, and it's called Remnants of Trust. I don't know if it has a synopsis up yet, but I'm gonna Google I that think real it, quick. I think it does. I was looking on Goodreads. Um, hold on, I'm pulling it up. All right, let's see who gets there first. All right, here we go. Uh, so, uh, in this follow-up to the acclaimed military science fiction thriller, thriller The Cold Between, a young soldier finds herself caught in the crosshair, crosshairs of a deadly conspiracy in deep space. Six weeks ago, Commander Elena Shaw and Captain Greg Foster were court-martialed for their role in an event central government denies ever happened. Yet, instead of a dishonorable discharge or time in a military prison, Shaw and Foster are now back together on Galileo. As punishment, they've been assigned to patrol the nearby, nearly empty space of the third sector. But their mundane mission quickly turns treacherous when the Galileo picks up a, a distress call 
Exeter, a sister ship, is under attack from raiders. A PSI generation ship, the same one that recently broke off negotiations with Foster, is also in the sector and joins in the desperate battle that leaves 97 of Exeter's crew dead. The, an investigation of the disaster points to sabotage, and Exeter is the only beginning. When the PSI ship and Galileo suffer their own accidents, it becomes clear that someone is willing to set off a war in the third sector to keep their secrets, and the clues point to the highest echelons of power and deep into Shaw's past. Bum, bum, bum. So is this a continuation of the conspiracy from the first book, or is this a new conspiracy? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe both? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like maybe adding on and going deeper, but... Which makes me glad, because I definitely want to know more about that. And the the part about the um, the PSI ship joining in to help also makes me happy, because Valeria! Yes, I definitely... Like, if it was... If reviews say that it's between a lot of central PSI stuff, I might be more interested in reading it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I want to know, so the cover, I is that supposed to be Greg? I don't know. I don't, I, or is it a new character? Because I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't make Greg good looking. Because <laughs> I don't like that. Um, but yeah, I, I find it interesting. There's no mention of Trey. So I wonder if he's even going to be there in the book, which I kind of would be weird for him not to be in the book because I did really like him and. I can see him coming back to help Elena. I mean, I think it would make sense if he wasn't in the book because he seemed pretty set on staying on the planet and like kind of getting on with his life. Yeah. And I felt like he was more there to draw Elena and Greg into the conspiracy and why. Right. You know. Also curious about what the going deep into Shaw's past is. I hope there's no more guys wanting to be with her <laughs> i wonder if it's about her family because they me- they'll mention they did some mentions of it um how she doesn't really like hanging out with them uh, when galileo's back at earth and so i'm wondering now if there's something to that like if there's a reason she doesn't get along with her family very well mm. yes that would be interesting maybe her family is PSI I don't know <laughs> I found it interesting that they never really exactly said what PSI was and like that it it stood for something like in a language that doesn't exist anymore I'll be honest I am kind of annoyed about this reference to Shaw's past because why does every character have to have some deep deep dark past like why can't she just not be into her family like, we already have Greg with his mom and that past so the cat agrees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So do we have any last uh, thoughts before we head out? Cat, do you have a thoughts? <laughs> oh, and I just as I said that, Maz jumped up on the table. So this is a, this is a cat show. All cats have opinions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maz, do you have opinions about the book? No, you just want food. That's what you want. <laughs> So yeah, any last thoughts, Diana? Um, I'm tempted to, I might read the second book depending on what I have on my plate when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Just to, because I want to, I like conspiracies. I like thrillers and I like space. So hopefully we get more with the conspiracy in the second book. Um, yeah. yeah. And less on the it, love triangle. Yeah. I don't want Greg and Elena to have a relationship. I mean, not a romantic relationship in the second book. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. If it goes that route, I probably won't read it. (laughs) Well, I'll read it and let you guys know. (laughs) Because I, it's it's pretty much if a book takes place and not on Earth, I'm like, yes. Because Earth is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, my reading list is so long all the time that it's like... If, if it does the things I want it to do, if we get Jessica, if it goes into the conspiracy and the politics, then yes, I'll definitely pick it up. If not, well, maybe eventually if I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So I think that about wraps us up. 
thanks again, you guys, for joining me on the podcast. And I know Maya will have you back on in a few months because you have been chopping at the bit to talk about Radiance. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, I was at a con um, a couple of weeks ago and someone on the panel mentioned Radiance. And I just was like, yes, everybody read it. Everybody read it right now. I could not even stop myself from bursting out. It was so I love Radiance so much. Uh. Cool. Well, uh, Maya, can you tell everyone where t- they can find you on the internets? Oh, yes. I am on Twitter as Semi Rose. And I talk a lot about Star Wars and geek stuff there. <laughs> Yay. And Diana? I am on Twitter at Bookish Die. And I talk a lot about Star Wars, my cat, and women's soccer. We like all those things. <laughs> so next month we'll be reading Lagoon by Nettie Oko. I'm going to say her name wrong. I apologize. Okorafor. I think that's how you say it. Okorafor. Um, and she wrote uh, the novella Binchy, which won a bunch of awards last year. And it's I- really good this year. Yeah, I uh, just won the Nebula and. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. It's very short. You can read it in one sitting. Um, that was one of those books where I was like, I want more of the story. We're and getting more. We're getting She's more. writing more. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was really excited about that. But I was like, man, I would have loved this if it had been a full length book. And then when I was trying to pick, you know, books for the book club, I was like, I'm very th- there aren't a lot of women of color authors. And I kept seeing her recommended so i and i so i read through all of her book descriptions and this was the one that stuck out most for me so it's it's african yeah, lagoon is great yay that's good to know also if you want another wreck of hers who fears death is amazing that, it's that like one's really good she yeah. actually has a ya book that i just got called akata witch so i'm oh, yeah that I'm one's great to reading that. i love it awesome and she- She's one of my favorite authors. Yeah, she's really good. It's like I, I like that her her writing style in in Binchy was very simple. Um, I'm not sure if it's if it was just because of the the type of book. It was you know more of a young protagonist, but she she it was very good world building, and I liked that it wasn't Western centric um, because I God knows I read enough of those. <laughs> so, um, and. I've I've actually I don't know if, if if people have gone to the Goodreads forum, but I've actually gone through and scheduled all the books for the rest of the year because I like to schedule my reading. Um, so August we have um, Archivist Wasp by Nicole Corner Stace that was recommended by Megan. Uh, September we have Radiance by Catherine Valenti and that was recommended by Maya and uh, Nancy. Um, October's book will be Ahsoka because hey. guess. Well, so I, I said originally I didn't want to pick Star Wars books for the book club, but there's been, so now Bloodline and now Ahsoka are Star Wars books about female characters written by female authors. So I'm like, yeah, okay, we have, we have to do those <laughs> and everyone will be reading them anyway. So, um, I'm really interested to see how Ahsoka is because I bounced really ha- hard off of, um, E.K. Johnston's other book that she has out. Okay. So I'm really interested to see how that comes out. Yeah. Um, and then November, uh, we have Ash by Melinda Lowe, which was That's... recommended by show. That one's good. I um, I have opinions on that. <laughs> good opinions I, or bad opinions? Um, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but if you, I like her science fiction duology a lot more. It's okay. really good. The adaptation and inheritance. Books. Okay, I'll have to put those on the list too. That this- say if you have tense issues, you might not like Ash. Uh, <laughs> um, she bounces around. Lot. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with that. Depending. Yeah, some people are. It just it depends. It's a style I don't like, so I yeah. bounced off part of. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then in December we have uh, Wake of Vultures by Lila Bowen, aka Delilah S. Dawson, uh, who wrote uh, the uh, Bazine novella, The Perfect Weapon, um, and she's yeah, awesome. she's so good. Yeah, she's awesome on Twitter. So I wanted to read her book. Um, and then this is getting way ahead of schedule, but January, 
I am making an executive decision and picking three books to read because <laughs> I am finally making everyone who has not already read them read the Mage Worlds trilogy. <laughs> yes. Mostly. Excellent. Mostly because I word. Yeah, mostly because I wanna mostly because I just wanna reread them again. And this is an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah. Book club, yay, books. A lot of these books are ones that I own but haven't read yet, so it's actually good for that. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Glad to be of help. (laughs) All right, so we're going to wind up. Uh, Thanks again, guys, for coming on the show, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again to talk about other books. This episode of the Tashi Station Book Club has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Please click the link on our blog to help us support the show. You can find the show on Twitter at Tashi underscore station. I am at Nancy Pants and uh, we've have uh, Diana and Maya already gave their handles. Um, on Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. You can subscribe to our shows via your favorite podcast downloader programmer thingies. Uh, our column and news are at Tashi-station.net and our book club is over on Goodreads. So thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next next month to discuss Lagoon. Bye!